You're listening to a podcast of New Covenant Church. Join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. in Pompano. Amen. Last week we had the joy. I hope some of you, I know some of you got to stay last week and we celebrated baptism. Uh, We had, 10 is kind of the magic number right now. We had 10 people baptized last week and we had 10 people joining the church this week. Um, Starting Discover Track next week. I no longer have to wear a mask at the gym. That happened yesterday. That was like the most, that was exciting. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, it's, it's like slowly things are, are happening, moving in the right direction. And um, we're, still, uh, we're still just trying to figure out how all that plays into what we're doing here. So just continue to be patient with us as we figure out what policies and things that we're trying to do to help keep you as safe as possible, but also to continue in just the spirit of freedom here as well that we we long for. Um, God is doing a lot here at New Covenant, my friends, and I'm uh, just really grateful for everybody at home. We love you. Uh, hope that you are able to feel connected to what we are doing. Uh, you, you are awesome, and you are part of our family, and God is, is faithful. He is faithful. We got to sing about it. Now we're going to look at his word to study and to see what he has for us today. We're going to be in James chapter 1. James chapter 1, we're going to be in verses 19 through 27. James 1, 19 through 27. Nikki, can you hand me my Bible, please? So excited about membership. Forgot the word. Thanks. James chapter 1, verse 19 through 27. Uh, Sometimes we like to stand as we read God's word just to give respect and honor to the word of God. And so I'm just going to ask you to stand up. If you're at home, why don't you stand as well? The words, the scriptures will also be on the screens if you need to follow along if you don't have a Bible. Know this, my beloved brothers, let each person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness that God requires. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. This is God's word. You can have a seat. I don't, I don't particularly like uh, putting stuff on my car, uh, decals, bumper stickers, whatever, you know, other things that stick on. I don't, uh, definitely not political things. And also, I, I, don't, I don't really like putting even, you know, Christian things on my car, symbols, um, because sometimes, sometimes I drive aggressively. 
Sometimes I don't always drive the way I feel like is the best representation of who I am and of the God that I serve. And so I tend to want to disassociate um, my style of driving with my, my faith. And you might be saying, well, Adam, just, just drive better. Like, chill out. Drive less aggressively. And I would just say this. I, I don't think that's the answer. Uh, I like my solution better. Um, and I'm going to stick with that for now. But you know, th- this, it, it brings us... It brings up an issue that we all deal with. We deal with this idea of what I think, believe, hold on to, and how I act. We deal with words versus actions. A lot of people dealing with this now more than ever as we become more connected as a people, more connected as a, as a world, um, everything is caught on video. Everything is easily communicated into all the different channels of life. And so people, regular people like you and me are dealing with this. And then also very famous people are dealing with things like this. And one, one celebrity that has been just under the public eye for a little bit here uh, is Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres. And if you know who she is, she's a daytime talk show hostess, and uh, very, she's a comedian, been around for a long, long time. She's very funny, um, very friendly, at least appears, generous, and she has become what's known as the be kind lady. Be kind. This is the message that she promotes for the last decade. She has promoted this message of, listen, let's, let's be kind, let's be more kind. Well, <laughs> What's happened recently is that there's been all these reports from guests on her show and uh, people that have worked for her that the culture on the show is not very kind. And she's been getting a lot of publicity, a lot of press, negative press on these accusations because people are sniffing out something that doesn't match up. If your message is the, the be kind message, then you better be kind. And, and we hate this, right? We hate when someone says one thing or another and then they do something differently. They do something opposite. We sniff it out and we don't, we don't, we don't want anything to do with that because what do we call that? We call that hypocrisy. We call that inconsistency and we don't want it. We don't want that. Whatever your message is, whatever my message is, our life needs to match up. And if not, we are, we are subject to some scrutiny. And so this is something we have to deal with. All of us have to deal with it. We have to let our actions match our words, letting how we live reflect what we believe. And, and I think this is something that we all want. We want our beliefs to match how we act. And so it begs a really important question that all of us have to answer. Whether you're a Christian or whether you're not a Christian, the, the question is, what do I believe? 
all of us have to answer this question. What do I believe? And do my actions support my beliefs? If someone watched you for a week, right, like, God help us all. If someone really, like, looked in on our lives for a week, and what would they see coming from you? If someone watched uh, how you spend your time, your life at work, your social media posts, your spending, your driving, what would they say about you after that week? What would they find is most important to you? It's good for us to take moments to to just reflect on our life and go, is what I'm doing supporting the things that I say, the things that I believe, the things that I hold dear to my heart? And this is for us to think about, to, to... to settling, what, to settling on what we believe and then saying, is my life aligning with those beliefs? And this is James. This is the letter, okay? He is here to help us settle some things. First of all, that, that what we believe, I mean, he's, he's writing Scripture, so this is a letter written to Christians. This is a letter written to the community of faith and saying your foundation, your belief is in God. It is followers of Jesus Christ believing in him as the Lord of your life for the forgiveness of your sins. And if that is your foundation, then your life should look. No, actually, no, it's not should look. Your life has to look different because of that. And it has to look different from those who don't share that same belief. And so what this does for us is it, 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 it awakens in us this question, this thought process of going, how do I obey God? If he really is what I believe, what should my life look like? What does it need to look like? Now, that has, you know, we can't hit all of that. And even the scripture here that I read is four sermons probably, but we, we can't take four sermons on this. See, James answers some really practical questions for us throughout the whole letter, and we're going to hit on some of these themes over and over again. We're, we're learning to live, right? That's the, that's the series. We're, we're spending time looking at James, and he is teaching us. We are learning to live through the lens of James as he hits us practical, simple, easy-to-understand lessons about life, but we know that even just because they're easy to understand, they are hard to do. It's easy for me to just say, be kind, everyone, and then for me to actually live that out. What does it mean to obey God? What does it mean to be religious? What should I do with my life if I am a Christian? And so James helps us understand something that I think that we all know is that what you believe should change the way you live. What you believe should change, radically change, the way that you live. 
And that's what James is teaching us and telling us over and over and over again. If you believe in the God of the Bible and you want to follow him, it will absolutely impact your life. It will absolutely have an impact on your life. Just, not just on the things that you think or that hold true in your heart, but the way that you speak, the way that you act, the way that you interact with other people, how you work, how you spend. So it means not just hearing what God has to say, but acting on what he has to say. That's what James says here, right? Be doers of the word, not hearers only. Be doers of the word, not hearers only. This, I mean, here's the simple point, right? Hearing is easy. Doing is hard. Just put that in your pocket, right? I mean, that, that's life. Hearing is easy. Doing is hard. And we, we understand this. If you've grown, if you've lived in any kind of family environment, even in a work environment, you can hear a lot instructions, you can hear criticism, you could hear praise, you could hear whatever it is, it comes in, and then what comes out of you after that is a whole different story. I mean, the Bible tells us, right, love your neighbor. All of us probably would agree to that statement. Love your neighbor. I mean, that, that's easy to hear. Hearing that's easy. I can hear that all day long. I can agree with that all day long. If I said, all right, who in here believes that you should love your neighbor? All your hands would go up, <laughs> hopefully. But doing it, though? That, that's not so easy. That's not so easy because love is... Love is complicated. Love is challenging. It's not easy because loving people takes all kinds of work. We typically want to love others the way that we want to be loved. And, and in the varying relationships and situations that we find ourselves in, loving other people is the hardest thing that any of us can do. Even with the people we love the most in the world, it's hard. Then you start like building those circles outward, and it gets really, really hard. And we start saying, well, you say love my neighbor. Well, I want to know who my neighbor is. Then I'll figure out how to love them. And God just doesn't give us those categories. He's like, hey, love, love your neighbor. So this is why we need to learn this. This, this is the key to life. It's taking knowledge, taking information that comes in and putting it into practice. And that's what James is here for. It's, that's what wisdom is. And James is a letter of wisdom. We need this. And James is pushing us, pushing us to understand that it is not enough to hear God's word. It's not enough. People all over the world hear what God has to say, but live like he doesn't exist. Some of us, we come and sit in church on Sunday mornings. We read our Bibles throughout the week, and yet when we Close that book, we walk away and we live like God doesn't exist. We hear him. And 
And what we do when, when that happens, what, what's happening in us, when we do that, we de- devalue the very idea of God, the nature of God, the character of God. We treat him like every other voice that's coming in, whether I can, and then I can decide, yeah, I, oh, I see that billboard, or I heard that advertisement, or I watched that movie, I, I listened to that podcast, I read that book, all the noise, all the voices coming in, we, do, we decide which ones we want to listen to. I'll take a piece of this, I'll take a piece of this, I'll become a better me if I do that. Oh, here's God speaking in a little bit. I'm going to take a little bit of what he says. And God says, no, 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 no. My voice has to be all of it. And you don't get to choose what you want. And so it's hard. He is not like every other voice. His voice is not common. And so James comes at us hard comes at us hard and he says, look, hearing is good, but it's not enough. It has to be followed by action. So why do we have so much trouble with this? Because we do. I do. And I'm going to say you do as well. Because we're all in this together. It's hard. We have trouble with this. Why, Why why, why don't we hear and do? Why do we have issues with this very thing? Well, I'm, I'm going to give you a few reasons that I think come from the text and also just come from human nature. One is that we're distracted. We're distracted. Some of you are distracted right now. You're like, what? That? Where am I? We're distracted, man. We are distracted people. We get distracted by all the stuff in our lives. And, and, and this is going to emphasize the hearing part a little bit more. James, James is big on the doing, the doing, the doing, the doing. He, he really is. He's strong on this. But this portion where, where I just want to touch base for a second is on the hearing part because he says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. And so the, the idea is we still have to hear. He says, be doers, not hearers only. Only, meaning you have to hear before you do. We still got to hear. And so the question is, what are we hearing? And hearing isn't just, you know, like random sound that comes in. Hearing is hearing and listening, understanding what's happening. What are we hearing that's leading us to act? Let me ask you, what are you hearing most during the day? Is it the Lord? And I don't mean like God verbally, audibly speaking to you. I'm talking about his word, the Bible, time in prayer, things that are communicating his perspective, his worldview. And I know this is hard because we listen to all kinds of things. We hear all kinds of things. We are consistently flooding our minds and our eyes and our, and our attention to other things. And so we, we have to, we shouldn't be surprised sometimes then when we're doing the wrong stuff. We're, we're doing the things that have nothing to do with hearing God because we, we, don't, we don't always see the value in 
both hearing and doing. Because we're just doing the wrong things often. We're doing the wrong things. We do whatever we think is right, but we're not hearing what God has to say first. And so our doing is informed by fill in the blank. Friends, news, social media, movies, gifts, memes, our preferences. So often it just comes down to like what I like more is what I do. And if you don't like it, find someone who does. Plenty of people out there. I got 6,000 friends on Facebook and so some of them like me and I'll delete the ones that don't. See, we're not hearing the word. We're not hearing God. And because we're not hearing him, we don't know him and we don't know what he wants. And so we're just acting. We're going. We're doing according to what we think is right. And it's just we're we're missing it and we're wondering why we're just we're, we're often just causing more division and more pain and more trouble. And what happens is when we do that, we 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 start to think like God is like us, and we start to make him a little more like us. And, and instead of him creating us in our image, we're like intellectually creating God more into our image so that he approves everything that I do. And what, what he doesn't approve of, that can't be God. And so we start believing in a God that doesn't exist and then doing what that fake God wants. This, it, it leads into the next reason I think we have trouble with this. See, we, we, are, we have a hard time hearing and doing. We're distracted, but we're also deceived. I know that's a strong word and maybe not a very friendly, popular word, but that's what the Scripture says. He says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Well, we're like, what does he mean, deceiving ourselves? Here's what he means. We are deceiving ourselves because we think we're okay with God and we're not. And so many times we walk around thinking we're doing the things that God wants us to do. And he's like, that's not me. Keep me out of that. And we think, man, me and God are tight. We have an understanding. Yeah, I did this, but he understands. He just knows how I am. He knows who I am. He understands. He thinks we, we have an understanding. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever spoken that? <laughs> that's, not, that's not God. Not this God. See, that word deceived, it means we're tricked, we're fooled. We're, we're all so often, I mean, I, I get there too. It's like we just, we think we understand, we think we know, and we're just, we're off. We think we're following God when we're not. We think we're okay with God when we're not. And, and look, let me just say this. God isn't okay with everything. There are some things that God disapproves of. And if we live our life always thinking that no matter what I do, God approves, we're deceiving ourselves. We're deceiving ourselves. 
It's not anything goes. God cares about how we live, about how we do things. And look, I, I love emphasizing that God is loving and God is patient and he is kind and merciful and forgiving. Amen. Thank the Lord. Like, be thankful for that. And we are always going to highlight that. But let's just push the other part of the, of, the, of the bicycle pedal down to say, he is also holy, and God cares about holiness. Holiness is the idea that it's not this, this posture that we take where we are better than others, and, and this is where we look down on others because we're holy, or that's how God looks because he's holy. No, holiness means this. Holiness means that he is separate. He is different. He is other than. And that's what his holiness is, and he also cares about our holiness, that we are other than the rest, that we are different, separated, set apart for him. Did your mom ever have like the good china like that you never used? China being plates and cups. You know, we don't use these terms much anymore. And like my mom had the, the, the fancy china that we would use and it would be like in a case. I mean, what do you call that? China cabinet, like a, a hutch. And that was set apart, special. We hated it, but it was like, it was ugly, at least from my perspective, but it was set apart. It had a purpose. That's what God does for us. He sets us apart in, in all our flaws and all the things that, that make us messed up. He still says, look, you are mine and you're my creation. You're my possession. And I want you to, to see me as special and precious and live differently than the rest of the world lives. If we are followers of Jesus, our lives should look different than those who don't. And if our lives don't look different, then we're not doing the word. And we're in danger of being deceived, being tricked, fooled into thinking that we're following God. And this is why we need one another. It's why we did this. It's why we do membership. It's why we, we care about the community of believers because we need each other because we're so easily fooled. I need you. For when I start deceiving myself and you're like, Adam, stop driving like that. Stop talking to your children like that or think about how you're how you're acting how you're speaking how you're how you're leading i mean we need i need you in my life for that be gentle okay because <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of that that you could do over here right there's a lot you if if 200 of you came up to me all at once started telling me all the things i'm doing wrong it would it would be difficult so e easy but that's the whole point like as we are thinking about doing god's word we need to hear it. We need to do it. And we want to protect ourselves from being deceived. So we're distracted. We're deceived. And then the, the final thing, when, when, when both of those things are happening, if we are distracted, if we are in danger of being deceived, there's also another reason why we have problems hearing and doing. Third D word. We're dumb. Sorry if that offends you. We are. 
All of us, to some extent, we, we are dumb. The distractions, the deceiving, it leaves us lacking. Look, he gives us this funny picture. He's like, if anyone's a hearer of the word and not a doer, okay, he's like a man who looks at himself in a mirror. He looks at himself in the mirror, sees what's going on, walks away, and forgets what he looks like. Immediately forgets what he looks like. I mean, who looks at themselves in a mirror, walks away, and forgets what he was like, forgets what he looks like? It's crazy. It's dumb. But that's what we end up like in those situations, in that condition. Hearing what's right and not doing it, it's this. It's, it's crazy. But we all do it. We all do it because what he's saying is, look, when we look in the mirror, it reveals something that needs attention. When we look in the mirror, it reveals something about our image that needs attention. And, of course, his mirror is much deeper than just the visual, like, oh, I have a pimple, I have a blemish, I have something in my teeth, my hair's a mess. Like, that's the image we get. But the mirror is like God's word. We look at God's word, and it reveals all that's going on, not just visibly on the surface, but inside he says, we, it reveals these things that need attention. Then we walk away, and immediately we forget to fix the issues that were there. God tells us what's best for our lives. We hear it, and on some level we agree to it, right? We've, we've said that a few times today. We hear it, we agree on it, and then we, 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 we put our bookmark in, we close the book, put it down, we walk away, and a situation immediately comes in front of us, testing the very thing that we just agreed to. And in that moment, in that moment, we, we have a choice to make. And, and this situation is us going like, well, he didn't mean now I have to do that, right? Like, not now. Like, I can... I can get the pimple later. Like, I, don't have to, I don't have to love you right now. I mean, I know I just read about it, but I close the book, I walk away. And it's just, we forget. We are forgetful people. And God just, he, he comes so kindly and graciously, sometimes strongly, to just you know, give us a whack. And say, like, how do you forget? How? We walk away from the mirror and we forget what we look like. Look, all of us do this. All of us need help. All, J- James, James is here to give us like the raw truth right in front. That's something we all can agree to, all can relate to. And so we, we sit back and we go like, yeah, I get it. I, I'm distracted. I'm often deceived. I, I'm dumb. And what am I supposed to do with that? Well, the rest of the letter really is going to be an unfolding of practical ways that we deal with these things. And I'm going to give you three from the text that we read now, but I just want to say this before we push into some more of the practical things. This is the opportunity where we, we do magnify the grace of God. We do magnify the, the amazing faithfulness and mercy and grace of God who, love, who loves us unconditionally that even when we are, when we are 
hearing and not doing. He is faithful to come and remind us and say, hey, I love you. I want what's best for your life. Just, just follow me. Follow what I'm saying to you. Come to me. Trust me. And he is faithful then to forgive us. He's faithful to, to steer us back on track and say, no, 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 what you're doing here is not good. You're actually deceived right now. You're, you're acting a little dumb, child. Um, I, I need you to you know, turn and face this direction, and I want you to go. And follow me. And that is the grace of God, man. And that is what we need. And so we're going to consistently push the, you know, if you think about a bicycle, one pedal goes down and it's like, oh, God, I know I'm supposed to live for you. I want to live for you because of who you are, because of how amazing you are. And then the, the other pedal drops and says like, oh, God, but thank you for the grace that I don't have to be perfect. And that you love me with all the imperfections and ugliness failings. That's the gospel. You are loved more than you can imagine. And yet, there is, there are these wrestlings within us that we are sinful and in constant need of running back, running back, running back to the Father, running back to Jesus. And so he gives us a few just practical examples, two very specific and one general, and we're going to close with this. I'm going to bring the team back up. If you think of James as a test, a, a way to help us test our faith, three ways here that we can do God's word, and we can evaluate our lives based on these. How we control our words, how we care for the hurting, how we keep our lives clean. We see it right at the end. And again, we, could, we should spend more time on this and we can't. But these are things I think we can all relate to just in our own lives and in even just the, the, what's happening in our world around us. But controlling our words, right? Verse 26, if anyone thinks he's religious and doesn't bridle his tongue, this person's religion is worthless. So you want to be not just a hearer, but a doer? This is one way to do it. Watch your mouth. <laughs> Control your words. Really, not even just your words, but, but also the emotions in your heart. And you're like, well, Adam, when I'm emotional, there's no stopping me. I just got to go. I got to let it out. My, my counselor said I just need to rip it when it's time to rip And like, who are you hearing? What are you doing? God has given you emotion. It's a gift. It is okay to get angry sometimes. It's okay to engage in healthy conflict. But what this passage is talking about, and oh man, do we need this, we need this, we need this. Unrestrained lips, words, mouth, tongue is as deadly as anything else. Physical scars heal fast. Emotional so fast. And words cause emotional hurt. And, and many in here I know have been beaten up with words from trusted people, from the church, from 
pastors, from leaders, from family members, from friends. Those are the ones that hurt the most. God is a healer for, for all of us. He's, he's faithful to do that. But we, on the other end of that, can, can fight against being that person to someone else. One of the most visible and powerful ways to demonstrate your faith is to control your tongue, to control your mouth, to control your words. This, this image of bridling the tongue, it's, this, it's like an image of horses, right? Like things in the mouth and it's a restrainer from letting the horse just run wherever he wants to go. God's word is a restrainer for our mouths. It like shoves in there and is like, don't say it. Don't do it. I know your heart wants it because your heart's going through some things. Don't let it come out. God cares about how we use our words. James, we'll get back to this later in the letter and we will talk about it again. But I mean, look, look at how hard he hits this. He says, religion is worthless. If you can't, guard your mouth. It's like you call yourself a follower and you're just letting loose. And you know this is not just about what comes out of our mouth physically. This, what comes out of our fingers online, chats, messages. It says your, your religion is worthless. How are you going to say you love me and then go and strike down because you got angry? One of my children. Right? He keeps it super simple. In verse 19, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. <laughs> Just write this down and post it everywhere. Like when you wake up, let there be a card in front of you. When you sit down in your car, let there be a card in front of you. When you're at your computer, let it be right here. Maybe twice, so like each way, so you don't have room to ignore it, right? Let that be your status message on Facebook when you open it up or Instagram so that you can know when you read that thing and you're like, I gotta go after it. Just hear God and do. We're not usually like this. He says, be quick to hear. Usually we're what? We're quick to speak, we're quick to get angry, we're quick to respond, we're quick to give our own opinion, we're quick to be right. We are quick to destroy. And God says, I want you to be quick at one thing, hearing. Slow down on all the other things you're usually quick to do. And so some of you are like, yeah, Adam, that's why I don't say anything. I just shut up and let the world tear each other apart. Well, that's not what it's saying either. It says be slow to speak. It doesn't say don't speak. It says he doesn't say, hey, be quick to hear and never say anything. No, that's not that's not what it means to, to be a follower of Christ. He says be slow to speak, but there is a time to speak and we need to speak. But let your speech be guided and guarded by by him. Okay, I can say a lot here. We'll come back to it at another point. Same with this next point. Care for the hurting. Look. This is another physical way that we demonstrate who we belong to, how much we love God. We care for the hurting. We care for those who are the most vulnerable, the most broken. God says, right in verse 27, religion that's pure, undefiled, is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. <laughs> this is 
a deep and visible care for the hurting, for the most vulnerable in society. This is the opposite of what's worthless. This is what's pure. And God says, look, I want you to engage in caring for those who cannot care for themselves. Widows and orphans were in a perfect, they were the example in that culture of those who just were in a lot of trouble, like couldn't support themselves, couldn't eat, couldn't participate in society. So you do the connections in our current day who those people are. And we have to ask ourselves, just like I said, where are we giving our money to? Where are we spending our time? What are we doing? Is it just to build our own comfortable life? Or are we active in giving ourselves to the care and the support of those who are afflicted, those who are vulnerable, those who are the modern-day widow and the modern-day orphan? They could be widows and orphans. They could be more than that. This is why we support organizations like Ema, every mother's advocate, they are doing the work of those who are in, in need. This is why we are constantly engaging in city life. And we have a charter school here who we are constantly trying to build relationship with. We have Grace Place School that meets here. We are doing, trying to do job skills training and soft skills training for those who are in most need. We are trying our best in what God has given us to engage in these missions. And we need you. Not, not, to, not that we need you. We want you to have the joy and the privilege of participating in that. And for some, that's just going to be helping what you're doing already. You're giving, you're supporting the ministry. But also it's going to mean, hey, Adam, how do I get involved in EMA? How do I, how do I get involved in Grace Place School? How do I get involved in, in the children's ministry, in the youth ministry, where we are weekly and throughout the week, we are getting into kids' lives who maybe without some of the intervention would have no chance. Care for the hurting. And the final one is just keep our lives clean. And we, we can't, we don't have time to talk much about this. Like he says, keep oneself unstained from the world. Look, this is the constant fight for all of us. This is it, right? To not let the stains of this world, the staining, the, the pollution, distance us from our creator. And so we want to fight hard to stay connected to God, to stay connected to the community, the church, right? No virus is going to keep us apart forever, right? No, no amount of disunity in the world around us. We're not going to let the news come in and separate us as a church, as a people of God. No, because there's too much to do. We are advancing. We are moving forward because God is worth it. He says, I want you to hear my words and I want you to do them. And so we are moving forward. To, to, to take what God has given us and to give it to a world that is broken, broken and in need, broken and dying and lost without a Savior. It's not just about meeting the physical needs. We want to meet the spiritual needs. And so in order to do that, we have to fight to keep ourselves unstained from the junk out there. And if you find yourself just getting wrapped up constantly into the mess, it may be time to, to turn off the TV, to, to maybe put your account on pause, to do something that is going to let you focus back in on him, on Christ, so that you can start hearing him more than what they want you to hear. We need Jesus more than ever. And if you're saying, Adam, I just, I don't feel clean. My mouth is a mess. My, I'm not caring for the hurting. Well, look, this is what I said before. Me too. 
And there's good news. Christ is here now and always to meet your need, to, to meet you where you're at and to, to lovingly come and say, I've, I've actually already paid this for you. I did that. I kept my mouth closed when I should have, when, when I wanted to speak. I, I kept myself unstained from the world. I cared for those. I heal the needy. I provide for those who need the most. Come to me. Trust me. Follow me. You don't have to be perfect. I'm not keeping score. You're mine. Follow me. That's the invitation for you. It's the invitation for me. Church, let's stand together. We're just gonna finish, close, communicating again where we build our life. We build our life on the love of God and that is the beginning point of hearing him so that we would do what he tells us to do. Let's sing.